Okay, I'd like to welcome everyone. This will be recorded. And uh, if you could hold your questions uh, to the end. Um, this is a, a very interesting topic that I have a lot of concern, you know, with the changes in our medical system. And really, I think that the medical system has, has gone crazy. It really has gone amok. And um, uh, even doctors <laughs> don't know where to turn. You know, the medical boards are leaning on us. Um, I got a complaint from the Florida Medical Board for practicing homeopathy. They said that homeopathy has absolutely no role or indication for treating any eye disease. Even though I submitted the board with uh, many um, uh, case studies and uh, published articles, it is still ignored. And I think many of you have experienced this uh, when you're going to your eye doctor, you're being forced to have uh, medical treatments that maybe you don't believe in. So let me see if I can play this slideshow here. All right, let's see if this works. So we're, we're experiencing, I think, at the end of medicine. And there really has to be a revolution by the consumers if we're going to be changing the system. Uh, right now, we have um, three big problems with medicine. We have big pharma. Um, the politi politicalization of uh, medicine. Um, and uh, high-tech uh, censorship. It's interesting in the United States, it's probably the only country in the world that permits uh, pharmaceutical ads on television. I don't watch that much TV, but every time I turn it on, um, every time I turn on TV, I'm really shocked at um, the number of commercials uh, that exist. It seems like there's like four or five, if you watch a one hour segment, there's four or five, maybe even more uh, pharmaceutical uh, commercials. And they're all telling you that uh, you have a problem. And that's one of the big um, techniques in marketing. You let somebody feel that they have a problem and then you sell them a solution. Um, and medicine, is just filled with anecdotal stories like that. For example, uh, Listerine at one time was a disinfectant that they were using in hospitals. And some marketing genius decided that, hey, this could be used for bad breath. So they began marketing uh, everybody that you had bad breath and you needed to take Listerine. Uh, so now, you know, you hear commercials about Crohn's disease, uh, dry eyes, uh, all these different conditions. And, you know, ask your doctor about this medication. Um, the politicalization, which I'm going to go into a little bit more, and also high-tech uh, censorship. I hope this video comes through. This is kind of... Are you unable to enjoy summer because of your seasonal allergies? You aren't alone. Many of us suffer the coughing and sneezing that makes spring and summer feel gloomy. But now, you can enjoy the outdoors with antihistamina. Antihistamina works with your immune system to fight off harmful allergens, fighting more symptoms and lasting up to 12 hours longer. The chemical compound used in antihistamina is clinically proven to be more effective than leading medicines. So instead of waiting for the season to pass, get out there and live your life. Antihistamina is not for everyone. Consult your doctor before taking antihistamina. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, depression, drowsiness, itchy throat, high blood pressure, low blood sugar, heartburn, bad breath, athlete's foot, acid reflux, gingivitis, upset stomach, blurred vision, cotton mouth, sore throat, sore gums. Your spring and summers don't have to be unbearable. Now you can enjoy them with the people you love. Even more side effects include spontaneous combustion, Down syndrome, bankruptcy, back problems, gout, temporary blindness, heart failure, dyslexia, total shutdown of vital organs. Do not consume milk or water while taking antihistamina. People who take antihistamina are likely to develop certain cancers, as well as worsening and even new allergies. Other side effects include paralysis, neurocorrosion, 
seizures, AIDS, lung drowning, kidney failure, testicle erosion. Change in skin pigmentation, dwarfism, moderate to severe Crohn's disease, cardiac arrest, detached retina, loss of teeth, peeling skin, death. Depression, anal leakage, loss of eyelids, sperm deficiency, erectile dysfunction. Stop taking antihistamine if you experience suicidal thoughts. Do not quit or begin smoking while taking antihistamine, nor should you eat grapes after 7 p.m. Do not take any histamina during day. It's time you took control of your life. Don't turn down another invitation. Ask your doctor about any histamina today. Anyway, we're bombarded uh, with these commercials. I mean, how many of you see about four or five of these commercials? And I think I think we're being brainwashed. You know, um, you tend to block out the side effects that you're talking about. You see a happy couple, you see a guy enjoying life and you know everybody wants to uh, have uh, more joy in their life and more freedom. So we're really being misled with this uh, mass marketing and it's also a form of uh, a propaganda. There was an editorial uh, that I came across um, published in the Surgical Neurology International. And uh, this was an excellent, excellent editorial. COVID update, what is the truth? And they talk about the COVID-19 pandemic is one of the most manipulated infectious disease ever to exist. An unlending stream of lies led by government bureaucrats, medical associations, medical boards, media international agencies. And um, it's given a few individuals, extreme power and extreme wealth, especially the big, big pharma. And these are some examples um, that, you know, there's really no difference whether you're vaccinated or not. You can still transfer the COVID. And these really are not vaccines. You know, typically a vaccine prevents you from getting the disease. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, you're, you're being misled by the statements that it's going to help you, you're going to have less severe uh, problems. But I know so many people who have gotten the COVID vaccine have come down with COVID. So it's just a lot of propaganda that it's going to lessen the symptoms. You know, every virus goes through a um, certain... Um, uh, the development over time. Typically, the initial virus is more severe, and then it becomes less. You know, now we have a lot of variants, the Delta and Omicron, but they're not as severe as the initial. Um, we're also misled by saying that natural immunity is not good enough, that the vaccine immunity is better, and that's false. Natural immunity is far superior. And also, all the um, side effects from the COVID vaccines, blood clots, um, and also it's um, forcing us to get numerous boosters. And even now, they're talking about COVID vaccines for small children and even babies. And they're talking about vaccine passports. And internment camp, unvaccinated will be denied employment. And um, so, you know, the, the problem is that I think it's all about government control. This has been a test to experiment how well they can control the population. Now, if you hadn't uh, listened to Pierre Corey's uh, video, he uh, presented his data to Congress. This was December, 2020. And it's amazing. He is a intensive care specialist and he has treated hundreds, if not thousands of COVID patients on their deathbed with ivermectin successfully. And he presented all this data, including publications, but it was denied by Congress. Congress just essentially ignored it. 
Uh, Florida just recently had a COVID summit. Leading physicians announced an update declaring uh, their focus on children in the vaccines, that there should not be forced childhood vaccination. And um, they really question um, interference with government bureaucracy and pharmaceutical companies in physicians' practice. I mean, doctors should have free will. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later about, you know, what is, what is the practice of medicine? This is an important uh, website that all of you should. Can you get this on? Um, this is an important website you should note frontlinemedicaldoctors.com. Frontlinemedicaldoctors.com. This is a group of doctors uh, who are standing up for the rights of patients and for the rights of alternative care. So if any of you are interested in getting ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or some type of alternative treatment, this is the site to go to, frontlinemedicaldoctors.com. And I guess we're becoming more aware of uh, big tech censorship and why should you be concerned? Um, my uh, Facebook account, my Twitter account has been locked because I mentioned alternative treatments for COVID. And anytime I mention the word homeopathy or alternative treatment, it's being blocked. And uh, this has become a real problem because all of us um, uh, are, are getting our information online, you know, Google searches. And I think there's gonna be more and more control on this. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about so-called evidence-based medicine. Um, medical doctors typically talk about evidence-based medicine. They'll say, they'll say homeopathy doesn't work. Microcurrent doesn't work. Ozone doesn't work because I practice evidence-based medicine. Now, evidence-based medicine is based on scientific studies Typically, these studies are conducted by big pharma. But it's interesting, probably as high as 23% of all evidence-based articles that are quoted now are refuted later. So even though a doctor may say that uh, this is an evidence-based article, it's hard to believe that about one-fourth of them will be refuted or disproven. Um, so clinical experience is probably the number one um, issue that you should look for in a doctor. What is his clinical experience? Because there may be a, a national study showing that this particular drug or treatment is better, but what is the doctor's clinical experience? You know, for example, many of you have come to me because you're having eye problems. You don't want cataract surgery. Uh, you don't want injections in your eye, um, or you want to reduce your glaucoma medication. And my clinical experience is that, yes, I can help you. I've been doing all these different modalities for over 20 years, and I found that microcurrent, um, light therapy, homeopathy, um, um, and maybe nutritional supplementation, can help. I mean, that's my clinical experience. Now you may go to a retinal specialist and his clinical experience is that um, uh, injections are the only way to go because that's all he's uh, done before is injections. So the clinical experience of the doctor. Also um, the patient's values, you know, <coughs> a Jehovah witness, um, it's against their religious belief to have a blood transfusion. And, um, and many of you um, don't feel comfortable with surgery. So that's your value. Your value is you want to avoid surgery. So a good physician should uh, you know, intelligently discuss these options with you. And as I have told many of you that you know, I wear two hats. I, 
really believe that um, alternative treatments are probably the, the best step to take initially because we're looking at treating the underlying problem. But in some cases, the alternative treatments don't work and you may need surgery or you may need injections. But certainly it makes a lot of sense to um, look at strengthening your body and maybe trying to avoid surgery if possible. So there's the practice of medicine was defined as scientific observation. In other words, I'm a practitioner. I examine maybe you know, 30 to 40 patients a day. And I observe certain things. And let's say that uh, somebody came to me with macular degeneration and they said, hey, Dr. Kondrat, I took, uh, I started eating a lot of carrots and my vision got better. And I make a note on the chart. So somebody else comes in with macular degeneration and, and I, I would say to them, well, you know, I had a patient come in here who uh, ate a lot of carrots and his vision got better. Well, maybe give that a try. So then all of a sudden, everybody I treat, I'm recommending carrots because their vision gets better. So that's a scientific observation. And of course, it'd be really difficult to have a national clinical trial on eating carrots. It may seem kind of funny. You have to have a placebo, you know, something that looks like a carrot. It's not a carrot. You'd have to mask the patients and compare it. And that's the way studies are done. But I think scientific, scientific observation is the way that many advances in medicine have occurred. Uh, Edward Jenner observed that milkmaids, when they got cowpox, uh, did not get smallpox. He made that observation that milkmaids during the 1800s had the cleanest skin they were immune to smallpox. And he developed uh, one of the first vaccines using cowpox to prevent smallpox. Now this is a true vaccine because if you got the cowpox vaccine, it prevented smallpox. It didn't make you have less symptoms or not as severe, it actually prevented it. The other thing in, in medicine, when I early on in my medical career, we had the case report that doctors would present a case. And I have presented some case reports on uh, three children I treated with a Stargardt's disease. And this was a case report how their vision improved with microcurrent stimulation. This was not a uh, controlled study. This was not a national study sponsored by some big drug company. It was just simply my experience presented to other doctors. It's called the case report. And for the longest time, you went to medical meetings, they would have these case reports. And doctors would take notes and go, hey, that's interesting. Let me try it. They'd go back to their practice and maybe they would try it. So the knowledge of medicine was spread by case reports. And that doesn't exist anymore. Now everybody's talking about evidence-based medicine. There's also something called experience versus knowledge. You know, when you first graduate from medical school, you have a lot of knowledge, but you have no experience. You think you have all the answers. And I was like that when I graduated. I thought I could cure everybody. Uh, glaucoma, macular degeneration, cataracts. And then as I practiced 10, 15 years, I began to see that many of the things that I was doing that I thought was actually helping patients or making them worse. And that's kind of opened up my mind to looking at less invasive treatments, you know, such as homeopathy, microcurrent, and nutrition. So experience versus knowledge is really important. So let's get back to selecting a doctor. Remember, you are responsible for your health. And I think that if you ever go to a physician, who doesn't respect your decisions, it's time to get another doctor. I really feel that's important because if a doctor was truly a man of science and have an inquisitive mind, let's say you would go to him and say, um, you know, 
I saw this Dr. Kondrat and he wants to use microcurrent uh, on my macular degeneration. A true doctor, a man of science would say, I'm not familiar with it. Um, let me investigate to see if it's gonna harm your eye and let me know how it's working. And then if it does work, he would be curious to begin incorporating that in his practice. And that's how I uh, began to do many of these therapies in my practice. I can remember um, I heard the news article, Paul Harvey uh, mentioned that Sam Sneed had his macular degeneration cured by microcurrent. When I heard that, I was at the stage of my practice where I was seeing a lot of macular degeneration patients who were going blind. I said, well, maybe this will help. So I called up the company and began using microcurrent. And by golly, the majority of patients that I treated uh, did have an improvement of their vision. So I incorporated that into my practice. That was a clinical observation that I began incorporating in my practice. I think also number three on the list is listening is the most important skill. Unfortunately, now doctors are trained that they will give you 30, <laughs> 30 seconds, if that, of your time. They'll walk into the room. They have all the data in front of them. They may listen to you for 30 seconds, but they've already made up their mind. They have a prescription. They have a surgical operation. They don't listen. So listening is the most important skill that a physician has. And also, please um, get a second opinion. You know, if you feel uncomfortable with anything that a doctor is recommending to you, get a second opinion. And I have a policy in my practice that anytime if you want a second opinion, I'd be happy to review your eye records and give you my opinion. All you have to do is give the office a call, send your records in, and I'll say whether or not surgery is justified, whether or not you might be able to entertain uh, some uh, uh, alternative treatments. Because remember, my goal is not that I'm totally against um, you know, traditional ophthalmology. There are some times when cataract surgery is definitely needed you have a detached retina or bleed, you know, you need surgery. Um, you know, when I go on a mission to Africa and I see these young people totally blind from a cataract, I can't sit down and talk to them about changing their diet and detoxing and using microcurrent. I mean, they're lucky to get one meal a day. They're blind from cataracts. They need surgery. But fortunately, most of us here in the United States and other countries, civilized countries, we have the option. We can look at what is the underlying cause. And I think that is so critical because whatever eye problem you have, it's kind of uh, the tip of the iceberg. Something's going on in your body. Let's identify what's going on in your body so we can address that. Not only help your eye problem, but also help, um, help you and your uh, general health. Now, I want to talk about probably the three most important things you can do right now. And they are not glamorous. Uh, they're not fancy. They're not a short, quick fix. Uh, and all of, all of this information is in my book, The 10 Essentials to Save Your Sight. It's a free download. Go to healingtheeye.com. Those of you that haven't read the book, but probably the first three chapters are probably the most important things that you can do right now. Now, I'm a big advocate with proper diet. I think that food is our best medicine. We are what we eat. Um, and I really feel that many, many health issues can be corrected by our diet. Uh, you know, those of you that are overweight, you really gotta shed those pounds. It's putting a stress on your system. I'm really a big advocate of um, organic raw living food. I believe that 70% of your diet should be organic raw living food. Um, you know, um, certainly if you can go completely vegetarian, that would be great. But I think it's more important that you have a balance in your diet. 
you know, having a steak every now and then, some fish. But the important thing is make sure that um, if you do have a steak or fish, that it's organic, it's natural, it's, um, you know, not processed. So let's look here. This was an interesting study done. I call it the spinach study. study. In um, the 40s, uh, they did a study looking at the iron content of spinach. And in the early 40s, uh, the iron content per average serving of spinach was a 158 milligrams. Now they repeated that same study and the average amount of iron in spinach is 2.2 milligrams. Can you believe that? And the reason for that is that the whole farming industry has changed. Our soil has become depleted of essential minerals. So our fruits and vegetables may look good, but uh, they just don't have the good nutritional value. Uh, <coughs> an interesting study was done in Chicago. They found that organic fruits and vegetables had five to tenfold more nutritional value and five to tenfold less in toxic metals. So when you eat organic, you're getting more nutrition and you're getting less toxic metals. So I really would encourage all of you to try to eat uh, organic. And uh, you know, in many areas, they have a farmer's market where you can buy organic. And one of the best things you can do is get yourself a small garden and grow your own uh, vegetables. I had one patient, I call her the lazy gardener. What she would do is every spring she'd go to Home Depot and get a 50 pound bag of organic topsoil, put it in a, a wagon. She cut the top off. She planted her seeds, watered it. She'd take it outside and grow all her vegetables and pull it back in. <coughs> and um, uh, when all the vegetables were gone, she got a new bag of uh, topsoil. I call her the lazy gardener. Also, when you work in the soil, I think that does something to your autonomic nervous system. I'm going to be talking later about that, about grounding. You know, when you touch the earth, the earth has an electromagnetic field. And if you're working the soil with your hands, you're walking on the soil, that helps the whole energy system of your body. Uh, there was a book written by Dr. Stephen Sinatra called Earthing, where he talked about the value of uh, touching the earth, connecting with the earth. And I really don't want to go into too much detail about genetically modified food. Uh, there's a really good book by Seeds of Deception by Jeffrey Smith. And there's been so many studies to show that the dangers of genetically modified food, how even eating one genetically modified corn chip changes your intestinal flora in your body. And that's another big problem. Doctors are discovering that there's now a mind um, uh, or a, a gut-brain connection, that the health of your gut really affects the health of your brain and your eye. So those of you that do have gastrointestinal problems, you really got to look at cleaning up your diet. And there's been a lot of studies that show that a healthy gut will give you healthy vision. And that's why you really need to look at taking maybe some probiotics and our um, ancestors knew the value of probiotics. And one way of handling that is sauerkraut, fermented foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, yogurt, all those foods, pickled foods. That'll help restore the intestinal flora of our gut. And of course, antibiotics, all the drugs that we're taking destroys the, uh, the intestinal flora. Now, this may be a shock to some of you. You need to avoid um, corn and high fructose corn syrup. 90% of all the corn grown in the US is genetically modified corn. And one of the most common sweeteners is high fructose corn syrup. Now, the high fructose corn syrup is not really a true uh, sugar. It's not metabolized the same way that natural sugar is. <coughs> In fact, it's shunted more towards um, fat storage. And that's one of the reasons why the high fructose corn syrup 
is uh, leading to increased incidence of uh, obesity and uh, diabetes. So all these, all these things you really have to look at. Um, this may come to a shock to you too about fish oils might be contributing to your blindness. And I know that all of you have been heard that fish oils are essential for your ocular health. And I learned that in medical school and I did my ophthalmology training. In fact, when I first heard Professor Peskin speak, and he's the author of this book, um, that fish oil is the wrong choice, I walked out of the meeting that he was presenting. I thought this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But then I talked to my friend, Dr. Robert Rowan, who was uh, the editor of Second Opinion. <coughs> and, and Dr. Rowan said, you know what? Professor Peskin is right on. He is right on in terms of um, all the facts that he talks about the dangers of fish oils. Now, one thing I want to make clear is that you do need omega oils. They should not be in terms of fish. They should be more plant-based oils. And why should you avoid fish oils? One, they tend to be longer chain fatty acids. They're the derivative oil. They're not the parent oil. The plant is the parent omega oil. They're smaller chain oils and they're more readily absorbed by the cell. Also, all fish oils become rancid at room temperature. It's extremely toxic and it is linked to a lot of inflammatory diseases and also the problem with high levels of mercury. Uh, this is a really interesting book that changed my opinion on farming. It's a book called Topsoil and Civilization. And this book talked about how all great civilizations were based on their topsoil. As soon as the topsoil is depleted, that's when the civilization declines. And they looked at three great civilizations, the Nile River the, in Egypt, the Nile River, uh, the Hindus River Valley, and the Tigris Euphrates. And these were civilizations that lasted for thousands of years because they had good topsoil. And as soon as they started to make alterations in the topsoil, that's when that particular civiliz civilization declined. Second item I'm gonna talk about is proper hydration. There's a great book called Your Body's Many Cries for Water by Dr. Batman Geldi. And he fills in his book that hydration alone can cure and treat many chronic disease. Uh, those of you that um, watched the vision event, Dr. James McNear gave a very good presentation on proper hydration, how he's treating many patients with dry eyes and inflammatory eye problems just by having them drink a proper amount of water. Oh, hey, Gene, drinking water there. Good man. <laughs> so why is hydration necessary? Well, hydration is probably the best way to detoxify uh, our body. <coughs> you know, um, we're constantly, toxins are constantly being absorbed into our body. And I'm not talking about just the food we eat, the air we breathe. We walk down the street, there's exhaust fumes, pollutants in the air. Uh, and it's so critical that we get rid of those toxins. And drinking water is probably the easiest way. And my general rule is one half of your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should be drinking about 75 ounces of water. Now, the question is, where are we going to find a good source of water? You can't just open up the tap and start drinking that water. There's dangers with our public water. In fact, pharmaceuticals are now found in water, uh, uh, commercial water, city water. And <coughs> there's dangers in plastic bottles. We used to think that, you know, drinking out of a plastic wa water bottle was good, but now the benzene derivatives are. Are, are getting in the water. So I like these two methods. Reverse osmosis. This is a unit you can put under your kitchen sink, but a simpler unit is a water distiller. And my wife and I, we travel with our water distiller. It's a quick way 
to make a couple of gallons of water uh, and it's completely distilled water. Now, some of you may be thinking, uh, if I'm drinking distilled water, reverse osmosis water, yeah, it's taking out all the minerals, but is there a chance I could get minerally deficient? And that is a big issue too, because if you're not eating organic, many of the food that we're consuming is deficient in minerals. So I like the Himalayan sea salt. If you get a little pinch <coughs> of Himalayan sea salt and put that in the water, that'll help you with um, you know, mineral replacement. So the first step is make sure you eat a lot of healthy organic fruits and vegetables. Second, make sure that you maybe take a mineral supplement or a little pinch of Himalayan sea salt. I like the Himalayan sea salt because it's mined from an inland sea. So it's not like the ocean salt, which is we know is being contaminated with all sorts of toxins and mercury. The last issue is uh, balancing the autonomic nervous system. And <coughs> the first two are very, very important. But if you don't do the third one, I really think that your body is not going to heal. And the reason why I say that, you could have the perfect diet, you could be properly hydrated, but if you're under stress and your body is in the fight or flight, so what is the fight or flight? The fight or flight is called the sympathetic state. The saying is when a grizzly bear is chasing you in the woods, um, there's certain physiological changes that, that take place in your body. Your pupils dilate, your heart is racing, your breathing changes, and your body does not want to digest food and it does not want to heal. So <clears throat> the body will not heal in a sympathetic state. This is so important to understand. So if you're under stress, you are not going to heal. Now, of course, a lot of times in the medical profession, they deliberately put you into a sympathetic state. If you don't have this surgery, you're going to go blind. If you don't take these eye drops, uh, I don't want you as a patient. Um, they actually, it seems like a lot of doctors deliberately put you into this uh, sympathetic state. So <clears throat> what are ways to reduce stress? Well, physical exercise, um, meditation. Uh, physical exercise is wonderful. Walking um, 20 to 30 minutes every day, studies have shown that that helps reduce eye pressure and glaucoma. Meditation, deep breathing, uh, prayer, uh, positive affirmations. And I don't know if you're aware, but uh, uh, under the direction of uh, a reverend that I work with, uh, uh, Russ Montgomery, uh, we set up a, a meeting the third Sunday of every month. It's called Prayers for Vision. And we're going to have a prayer meeting for those of you that um, might be interested in that. So go to prayersforvision.com and you can sign up. Uh, Reverend Russ Montgomery is uh, really a wonderful uh, preacher. He's joined me on a lot of my medical missions all over the world. He's helped so many uh, patients uh, with the power of prayer, and he can tell you story after story on uh, the power of prayer. So you can check that out. You can go to Prayers for Vision. In fact, our first meeting is going to be, if you're listening to this today, May 21st, our first meeting is going to be May 22nd, tomorrow at 7 Eastern time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So check it out. Also, positive affirmations. Positive affirmations uh, are wonderful. Don't, don't be negative. You know, have a positive attitude with your life. Um, one of my favorite patients was an elderly man who had macular degeneration. He said to me, Dr. Kondrat, I no longer have macular degeneration. I have macular regeneration. And that kind of changes, uh, you know, his whole perspective. Because remember, where you put your energy, it'll grow. Where you put those negative thoughts, it'll grow. If you're focused on your eye problem and it's causing a lot of anxiety, it will grow. And that's one of the important reasons why 
you need support. You need a um, support group to help you with your particular problem. And that's what we're here for at the Healing the Eye Wellness Center. I want to give you all the support you need. And I want you, I want to be able to help you, you know, restore your lost vision and preserve your vision. Also, we have microcurrent stress therapies and light therapy. These are phenomenal for helping to reduce stress. In fact, many times I'll do a stress therapy when I'm anxious or upset. I just hold the microcurrent stimulation in my hands and it helps relax my body and also light therapy. Those of you that might be listening to this for the first time and have never heard of microcurrent, uh, go to my website. And we have a couple links that'll take you to microcurrent and help educate you on those modalities. Last, uh, this may be helpful for a lot of you. In 2014, when I was president of the Arizona Homeopathic and Integrative Medical Association in Arizona, I put together this book. It's Learn How the Top 20 Alternative Doctors in America Can Improve Your Health. And I interviewed some of the top alternative doctors in the US, and they gave me their pearls, their points on what you need to do to improve your health. So this is a wonderful, wonderful source. And I can't believe if you're on Kindle, it doesn't cost anything, zero. You can read it with Kindle Unlimited, but we do have a few copies in our office, the paperback uh, book uh, for, I think it's $29.99. So you can give the office a call at info at healingtheeye.com or, or give the office a call at our number 800-430-9328. So that's all I have. Um, I hope this information has been helpful for you. And I thought now we could open it up for some questions. And I guess the way that has to be done is, uh, let's see, maybe you have to unmute yourself and you can ask me a question or, or raise your hand if you have a question and I'll unmute you. Okay, Jean. Uh, did you unmute? I think there's a button there, Jean. You have to unmute yourself. <laughs> yeah, ask to unmute. Can I unmute myself? Yeah, you're unmuted. I think there's a little uh, button you click. Yeah, I got it, I think. No, I can hear you. Okay, good. Uh, I, I, a couple of things I'd like to say. Thank you, first of all, for all the information that you are uh, putting out there into the, in the atmosphere. It's really it, really great. I have your book, The uh, Miracle Eye Cure. I have glaucoma. Uh, but what I'm, uh, one of the things I'd like to say to you uh, is, um, this, there, there's a Ty and Charlene Bollinger, are you familiar with them? Uh, they do a, uh, they've got a whole series of, uh, uh, it, it's called the, the first CDs that we've got right now are the Propaganda Explosed, and they're talking exactly what you're talking about, about the medical industry and how screwed up it really is. Yeah, and I'm afraid and, it's just getting worse. If you could send totally. me a link, uh, and info, send me a link to that material. I certainly will. Uh, the other thing uh, I would like to just inform you, uh, the, um, the water, uh, we owned a, an alkaline water store uh, here in Seabrook, Texas. And what we did with the water was after the reverse osmosis, we added a, uh, what we call an applicator that has ceramic balls on it that had minerals on the ceramic balls. So as the water flows across, it picks up the minerals and then we put it in the, into a tank and you drink it from there. Yeah, well, so I'll tell you it's, what, it's, making yeah. the water alkaline is extremely helpful to your body because, you know, the old saying, 
you want your blood to be alkaline. Alkaline is a sign of good health. If it's acidic, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like microcurrent because microcurrent, you're putting electrons into your body and that's making your whole body a little bit more alkaline, putting, giving yeah. your body a little bit more charge. So that's a good point. Okay, and, and the other thing is, I just wanted, uh, what's the best way to get together with you on email? Uh, I'd like to contact you and maybe we can carry this on. I, I need yeah, your Yeah, just email me at info at healingbi. Okay, got it. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Uh, any other questions? If you have a question, just uh, unmute yourself. Dr. Condra, this is John. Yeah, John, and, how are you? Good. And uh, I wanted to echo what the what Jean said. I really appreciate what you guys, what you're doing to put information out into the uh, the the space. There's so much misinformation out there, and I, like Jean, apparently, is I'm very frustrated with uh, standard Western medicine. Very frustrated. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, but it's getting uh, tougher and tougher. Um, you know, now the medical boards are going after doctors. If you don't tote the line, <laughs> you're going to lose your license. And right now I'm under the microscope of the Florida Medical Board because I'm using homeopathy. Very troubling, very troubling. Very troubling, but that's why I think as an individual consumer, you have the power for your health. You know, you have to seek out a second opinion. Uh, <laughs> you have to look at the alternatives. And um, a lot of it really is common sense. And I think whatever the government is telling you, you probably want to do the opposite. <laughs> Fortunately, I agree with you. <laughs> so who do you trust and who do you believe? And that this this could be a multi-multi-topic. Yeah. That's why I think that one of the best things that we all can do is look at the three pointers that I talked about. I really believe that food is our best medicine, proper hydration and reducing stress. If you do those three things you're going to have a long, healthy life. Oh, and I read an, another interesting article. I used to think that longevity was related to diet and exercise and reducing stress. But believe it or not, they did a really good study. And the top two things were one, being in a good relationship and having a circle of friends. A good marital relationship will increase your lifespan and also having a circle of friends. By a circle of friends, I mean a group of friends that you can call up anytime and talk to them. So this is funny. I have probably one, one good friend. I went to medical school with him. That was close to 50 years ago. And we talk every week. He's a really good friend of mine. But my wife says, you gotta have more friends. So I have a friend in Rome, Dr. Roberto. He's Italian. I thought, what a better person to be your friend. So I started talking to him about this. And I says, we got to talk, you know, once a week. <laughs> and so he's, he's become my inner circle now. Because, you know, Italians are really emotional and he's become a good friend. So somebody you can call. Men, men have a problem because typically men just don't get together for lunch. If I go, hey, John, let's get together for lunch. They kind of look at me like, you know, what's going on here? You know, women will get together for lunch, but men, you know, get together for golf or play tennis or fishing, you know, it has to be some type of activity. It's not just sitting and talking. But I think that's really important, having a good, good circle of friends, an inner circle of friends that you can share things with and a support circle. That ties in with uh, what I have been reading. It's called uh, uh, Six Dimensions of Wellness. Mm -hmm. And part of that is relationships. Part of it's exercise. Part of it's diet. Part of it's uh, a religious connection of some sort. 
it, it's fascinating. So it kind of just spins off what you were talking about. The relationships are very important as well. And also the, the power of prayer. Um, there's been so many studies where, you know, a prayer group, they get together and pray, the healing uh, improves. You know, miracles do happen. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to set up um, prayers for vision. It's the third Sunday of every month we get together and, you know, pray for each other, support each other. But I think um, in, in a way they're scary times, but also they're exciting times because now we're beginning to realize, um, we begin to appreciate, you know, what we have and what we don't want to lose. You know, we don't want to lose our, our medical freedom. And I think it's, it's a matter of time for, before the public begins to have a backlash. And we're beginning to see that in some medical establishments. You know, doctors are just fed up with uh, what's going on. You know, doctors should have the freedom to treat their patients the way they feel is best and also treat their patients in the manner that they want to be treated. You know, if somebody wants surgery on their cataract um, and they feel it's the best way for them, fine. But if someone else feels that, well, there's probably a bigger issue with my body. I'd like to understand what's going on. I'd like to reverse it nat naturally. Uh, they should have a choice. They should have a choice. Okay, any other questions? So we're gonna be having, I'm gonna to try to get a speaker um, uh, next month, the third Saturday of every month. I'll either give a talk or I'll have a speaker. If you didn't listen to Dr. Jeff Lester, last month I interviewed him about homeopathy. It was really a fascinating interview. Uh, you might wanna go back. That's posted on healthyvision.us healthyvision.us. And if you have any suggestions on speakers uh, that you'd like me to interview or to have on the podcast, uh, let me know. Okay, if there's nothing else, I wanna thank everybody um, and um, look forward to either talking to you tomorrow or in a couple of weeks for next next show. Take care. Bye.